We're happy to make podcasts available for selected ed webinars for your listening pleasure. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information. Hello again, everyone, and thanks so much for being here with us today. I'm Emily Sumner, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Uh, today's webinar is brought to you by EdWeb and Penda Learning, a Learning 2020 company. Penda is a gamified, standards-aligned digital curriculum that fosters and accelerates mastery of science concepts for students grades 3 through 10, both in and out of the classroom. And we'll be um, showing you some really great um, animations and screenshots that are part of that Penda program. So stay tuned for that. So I'm going to invite our panelists to join me. And uh, we'll go ahead and get started. While they're joining, I'm just going to do some brief introductions of them. Um, first, we've got uh, from Flagler County Schools in Florida, we have Heidi Alves with us. She was an accomplished public educator with 18 years of experience. Um, for the past nine years, she served as the K-12 Science Curriculum Specialist for Flagler County Schools, where she supports both teachers and students in all aspects of science and instructional practice. Welcome, Heidi. Good to see you. Um, and we also have uh, Corey Pelliquin with us, who is Vice President of Operations for Penda Learning. And Corey works closely with educators across the country every day to leverage automation and gamification to ensure all students receive high-quality science instruction. Corey began his career teaching middle and high school science in Florida, where he received numerous awards and accolades, including Science Teacher of the Year from Hillsborough uh, County Public Schools and a nomination for the U.S. Presidential Award of Excellence in Science Teaching. And we are happy to have Corey here with us. And um, We've got, uh, last but definitely not least, uh, Ryan Widowson, who is a distinguished public educator with 34 years of experience uh, in the same Florida county where she has lived her entire life, uh, Clay County. She is currently supervisor of federal programs, but has held many positions throughout her career. Um, her favorite roles being classroom teacher, librarian, and instructional coach. So welcome to you all. We're excited to have um, all three of these dynamic and dedicated educators here with us today. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and hand things over to Corey to get us started. Great. Thank you very much, Emily. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this afternoon to learn a little bit more about uh, how to blend autom automation and gamification together. Um, as Emily said, uh, we want to just thank our panelists for joining us this afternoon. I'm joined by uh, two science and district folks that I have been working with in the state of Florida and would uh, certainly love to have them share their stories and hear more about um, how they are uh, conquering some of the science obstacles within their district. So you'll be hearing from them in just uh, a brief moment. I'll share with you just from my role in working with a number of um, school districts across the state of Florida that um, we're hearing some common trends. Specifically at the superintendent's level, the items that you're seeing on your screen, such as mitigating learning loss and learning gaps, especially some of that residual COVID effect that we had, is certainly top of mind for superintendents and their cabinet, as well as student access and equity, whether that's still trying to close the achievement gap for underprivileged uh, students, Title I schools, ESE accommodations, IEPs and 504s, or to provide inclusive science instruction for all students so that they can learn and love science, especially our ELL and ESOL students. And um, especially here right now in the state of Florida, uh, the attention has certainly 
uh, turn to SSA and EOC prep, which are the state of Florida assessments, uh, the high stakes assessments. So how to salvage learning gains uh, perhaps and move that forward is definitely top of mind for those folks as well. Picking up with some of the struggles and challenges uh, that we are hearing in terms of top trending items, uh, aside from superintendents, of course, with their staff at the district office, whether that be a science specialist or a science coordinator, maybe a science supervisor, um, definitely finding a resource that is fit for purpose, especially when it comes to a resource that is not only perhaps standards aligned uh, to the state standards, but maybe even crafted so that it specifically meets the expectations by uh, DOE in terms of uh, curriculum, content boundaries, limits, and otherwise. Certainly something that is high quality and engaging uh, is top of mind because we're um, wanting students to be engaged, thinking like scientists, and practicing those various uh, scientific principles. And finally, we are very aware of the stressors that teachers uh, have on a regular basis. And so therefore, having something that is turnkey and teacher friendly is definitely uh, an item that we are hearing uh, when speaking to those science supervisors or equivalent types of positions. I'll share two quick ones with you as well, and that is that when we speak to school administrators, teacher shortage is definitely something that uh, they are still experiencing, whether it's vacancies, uh, long-term sub-issues, perhaps even folks that have never taught before or haven't taught science. So we have a number of, uh, of situations that still are occurring and uh, classroom coverage and teacher shortage is one of the largest, most common trending items that we hear. That certainly has a knock-on effect to teacher content knowledge and especially at the elementary level, trying to gain back some of that lost instructional time or focus on science, which has seemed to have been overshadowed because of ELA and math. Um, many of us saw the recent report that came out a couple months ago with the NAEP scores. And so science has, uh, has seemed to have taken a back and which we are uh, really trying to put that forth again in the front seat because we love science and that's what we do at Penda. Finally, as a former middle school and high school science teacher, I can certainly sympathize because you never had enough time to get done what you needed to in a normal day, let alone all the different things that have bubbled up uh, because of COVID and that we're still dealing with. And so as a teacher, one of the items uh, that we are hearing is how to re-engage, disengage learners, and especially how to support a number of students uh, from struggling readers, your level ones and twos, and providing those various differentiation and accommodations as needed. So not yet one more thing added to the teacher's plate is certainly very important for, um, for consideration with uh, a variety of resources that they may be selecting or considering at the district office. With that, I wanna introduce to you uh, one of our panelists today. Her name is Ryan Widowson. And she uh, comes to us by way of Clay County District Schools. In a moment, you'll hear from Ryan um, about her story about how they are trying to combat some of these challenges uh, and hurdles. And they've done so by way of today's webinar, which is titled uh, Automation and Gamification. And so combining gamified uh, tools that engage students 
as well as have high quality science content, but also leveraging some of that automation via automated assignments, auto grading and auto reporting was a nice blend and win for combating some of those challenges. So I'm going to hand it over to Ryan, uh, who will share with you a little bit more about her district in the state of Florida and their experience in some of these challenges. Ryan? Again, I'm from Clay County, Florida. We have about 38,000 students in our district, and um, we're growing at an unprecedented rate. Um, neighborhoods and houses just coming up everywhere. We have a huge influx of ELL students. We're very excited about that, but there are definitely some challenges that we're going to have to meet in regard to their instructional needs. Um, and we've done very well given the status of COVID um, and what happened after we came back to in-person learning and learning loss and you know, combating that the best that we were able to do. And truly some of the things that we have done through our science work with those intentional practices and programs that we've acquired really have made a difference. We're fifth in Florida for grades five and eight. We are ranked third in Florida for biology. And we do attribute that to really being very intentional about what it is that teachers do in classrooms and what kids do as well. So probably the journey for us starts um, for science achievement with uh, continuing to encourage curiosity and wonder in science at the elementary levels. Um, oftentimes we focus so much of our time on literacy in grades K to two um, and our pre-K classrooms that often students aren't receiving deep science instruction until they hit fourth or fifth grade. And of course, here in Florida, we test them in fifth grade. And so making sure that we keep kids curious about um, science um, at the elementary level is important. We do that through uh, literacy and books that are readily available in our libraries, um, uh, focus on science, uh, conversations and hands-on simple things that little kids can do and summer programs as well. Um, when we came back from the pandemic to in-person learning, we knew that the primary focus for all of our elementary teachers and many secondary teachers would be literacy because reading really is the cornerstone of learning. And we were very afraid that our teachers, certainly at the elementary level, would step away from science instruction because um, getting kids back where they needed to be on grade level with reading would become the priority for that work. And so we have uh, been very intentional about the things that we do to make sure that we keep science in front of students and in classrooms. So that intentional focus on science starts with standards-based instruction. We have a very, very, very strong science team, and that science team comes together to build um, scope and sequence maps that really guide the work that teachers do, um, uh, bringing teachers in to build those maps and uh, creating benchmark assessments that will allow them to assess where students are. The process that our teachers use for that benchmark creation is the methodology that FDOE uses when they begin to vet tests um, for release to schools um, in the spring. Using that same process ensures that 
the benchmarks that we're offering are really meeting the level of the standard and making sure that we've covered everything. The scope and sequence maps also are intentional to address fair game standards here in Florida. Um, fifth grade tests actually assess third and fourth grade standards alongside the fifth grade standards. And so making sure that we have all of those things covered um, are really what have led to our success and student achievement. Bringing those teachers together for professional learning opportunities through grade level collaboration is one of our um, highlights of success. Um, we bring them together. You can see here in the photograph, they're working side by side. They're representatives from each school, um, representing their grade levels, um, evaluating those standards, determining what activities are best going to support that. And that has really made a difference. The collegiality that those teachers share outside of the classroom and um, when they're not necessarily in their schools has really been a very powerful piece to the work that we do here in Clay County towards science. This is just one little tip that I wanted to share that we've used as we've gone through the journey of science um, in a um, uh, post-pandemic phase, um, the use of science journals to track new learning. And this is a nice piece that has coupled where, with our work with PENDA. Um, just a side note of our journey of how we came to be with PENDA. When we came, we started with PENDA in 2019 to really address our junior highs and our high schools and making sure that achievement was where it needed to be. We had dipped. We'd taken some low dives in our um, numbers and we weren't satisfied with that. And one of our savvy curriculum specialists um, connected us with PENDA, and we knew that it was going to make a difference for some of our lower achieving secondary schools. The second year we were together, we knew that we would need to do something in our Title I schools because the focus, of course, would be on literacy, and we didn't want science to be put pushed to the side. So we went into our uh, 13 Title I schools at the time. And then last year, we brought uh, PENDA across all of our schools at the elementary level. So now grades four to uh, 10 are using PENDA on a regular basis. Uh, the nice feature that PENDA um, provides is that they are able to tailor the lessons that the students have during their uh, PENDA time to our scope and sequence. And so it isn't a piece that doesn't, it pairs very well with what teachers already have planned for their classrooms and at the pace they're moving through those lessons. Um, reports that come to us and tell us how students are performing um, allow teachers to provide some strategic um, small group instruction to close uh, understanding gaps. What you see here in the photograph is a journal one of our schools, they were not satisfied with their science scores. And so they have coupled uh, a PENDA journal along with their regular science journal. And as students move through their online lessons, they have to track their thinking and where their misconceptions are and maybe perhaps where their understanding breaks down. And then teachers can use those journals to provide small group or one-on-one -on -one instruction to close um, misconceptions and misunderstandings. So um, journals are a big part of the work that we do here in Clay County. Um, so students are always able to track their learning and um, kind of circle back to what it is that they need to be successful. So that's some of the work that we're doing in Clay County, and we're excited about um, the progress our students are making. Um, our literacy is uh, 
we're very satisfied with where our literacy is, but we don't have to worry about what's happening with our science instruction, particularly with new teachers and our ELL kids, because the features are just amazing. So we're, we're very happy about what's happening, but I'm excited to hear about what Heidi has to tell us that's going on in Flagler. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, so a little bit about Flagler County. Um, we are uh, about a third the size of Clay County. Uh, we are about 13,500 students. We have 10 schools total. So we have five elementary, two middle, two high, and one virtual school currently. And uh, about half of our schools right now are Title I. So just a little snapshot. Um, but like Corey and Ryan, we're both saying, you know, as far as challenges, I don't think it matters what county you're in, what state you're in. We're all kind of being um, challenged with the same types of things. So some of the things in Flagler that we've noticed um, historically is difficulty with vocabulary. Um, we also have had significant teacher shortage over the last few years, um, pre as well as mainly post-COVID. Um, a lot of absences, we vacancies, having qualified teachers. So we're definitely hiring. <laughs> I saw somebody in the chat um, said that they were hiring. Yes, so is Flagler. Um, so, and also we all, we wanna look at ways that we can manage differentiation uh, with both our remediation as well as not forgiving or forgetting our enrichment. And also engagement, that's a, a big thing. We, a little bit more about Flagler, we're a, we've been one-to-one -one for years. Um, and while technology is fabulous, we, we wanna always keep our kids engaged in multiple realms. Um, Hands-on for us for science is significant here in Flagler, but we also know that kids, um, you know, the, the future is technology and, you know, we try to keep at the forefront of the latest and greatest, but also understanding that there's definitely a balance with technology as well as just those authentic hands-on um, experiences for kids. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about each of those kind of um, challenges and how Flagler has faced those. So we've found year after year that it's not only our tier three um, content specific vocabulary, but we have students that, that are, are challenged with just tier one and tier two struggles in vocabulary. So um, all subject areas really have a focus on vocabulary. And so we have done lots of PL with different vocabulary strategies across all content areas. And we're a little bit, we're in our first full year of implementation with Penda. And um, we currently use Penda for grades five through eight, as well as biology and environmental. And uh, what I appreciate as far as the vocabulary challenge, um, the solution to our challenge that, that Penda gives us is they have fabulous immersive readers. They have picture dictionaries that will help those students with those tier one, tier two, and tier three um, vocab challenges. And they also have a translator that can challenge or can translate the content into several languages. Um, Corey can probably give us an exact number of how many, but when you open it up and you scroll, it's like, you know, anything you could possibly think of, um, they have it there. So speaking with the teachers in our district, um, that is a huge support for them. Um, one in particular high school biology teacher, um, he takes every student, every ESOL student into his biology classroom um, with open arms because he knows that while he speaks four languages, if he can't speak it, he knows that at least he can get some support and the students can get that support through Penda. 
Um, there's a little uh, testimony that's on the screen just talking also about science journaling that Ryan mentioned, um, using Penda, but then using an authentic, you know, paper pencil journal where they're going to um, take what they learned and take those strategies that they've implemented through Penda and put those into their science journal. So they're seeing that it's really impacting their mastery of standard, which is always something that we're really, really intentional about. So teacher shortages, obviously, I, I think everyone across the United States is having the same issues. Um, teachers having leave of absences, just complete vacancies. Um, what we found is the more we have in place for those teachers that are those subs or um, any other support staff that's assisting, uh, the more success that those students are going to have. So uh, standards aligns resources within our learning management system. So in Flagler, we use um, Schoology for K-12. And so being able to have all of our lessons preloaded in Schoology is super important because then there's consistency. Um, the way we kind of leverage Penda with that is they have the, the pacing assistance service, the PAS. And I know Ryan mentioned that earlier as well, um, having your curriculum map and the Penda um, activities that go side by side. It's one less thing that teachers have to worry about. And um, it's following the pacing that the rest of the teachers are going with. So anyone that's stepping in, even temporary or as a more permanent solution, it's just a support for for those teachers as well as those students. Um, they've got great reports. So teachers can look at those standards-based reports and see how their students are doing as far as mastery of standard. I was in a fourth and fifth grade PLC this morning and we were pulling up those um, PENDA reports in preparation for that SSA that's coming up in a month, our big state test for fifth grade, and really looking at those reports and seeing how we can um, see what standards need a little bit of remediation and how we can kind of move forward with some hands-on activities and some ways for them to kind of make connections. So differentiation, I know we always talk about that, um, you know, meeting the, the students where they're at, but getting them to that next level, kind of filling in those learning gaps. So I think elementary teachers have, have like the, the most success with this. It's like ingrained in our elementary teachers pulling those small groups and really using those um, data-driven small groups to, to drive their instruction. Um, we leverage lots of things for, for this. In addition to just pulling groups, we, um, we do boot camps, we do um, credit recovery. We're doing all sorts of different um, activities to meet that differentiation need. Uh, Penda has a really great way of having scaffolded activities per standard. They have um, developing, achieving, and I, I just looked at it this morning and the words escaping me, but we've got three levels. So you can um, really be able to be intentional about how you're pushing out activities that are completely standards based. Um, yep, I think that's good on that one. So one thing I'm really passionate about being a curriculum specialist and, and really I'm here for the teachers and I'm here for our students is I wanna know how this is impacting them and if this is a, a, a resource that they support. So I'm always looking for teachers giving me like, this is, this is making a difference. This is helping us 
help the students. Um, so I had last year, we had one of our middle schools have an, um, an 8% increase from the previous year. And they, they're the only thing they did different. Surprisingly, they had the same staff. They didn't have any losses where, um, you know, that's kind of abnormal at this point. Uh, but the, the one thing that they did do is they implemented PENDA intentionally and they found that that was really um, a key to their increase in their um, SSA science scores for grade eight. So again, um, that to me is, is a big thumbs up. And lastly, engagement. Um, I think engagement, you know, we want kids excited about science. I always say my job is the best job in the world because I get to do science all day, every day. Um, and, but we want it to be standards based and I mention a lot with hands-on learning experiences, but again, they have to be those standards-based. They have to have a purpose. So um, in addition to a lot of those hands-on, we do a lot of um, common labs in K-12, as far as all of our science classes have common labs that they, they do, and we try to support that um, with providing some um, budgeted money in all of the school's budgets are to provide um, materials for all of their labs. So that's super helpful. That's an obstacle that they don't um, have to overcome. But in addition, we started launch launching different challenges. So um, uh, we're really big into social media as far as let's really celebrate our teachers and celebrate our students and just celebrate all of the amazing things that are happening in Flagler. So we've been doing classroom challenges and school challenges and grade level challenges um, throughout the whole year. And we use, oftentimes we use PENDA with that mastery of standard as kind of like that, um, the gold standard. It's not really about just, you know, being on PENDA. It's about having a mastery of standard and the percentage of classroom participation. And we've had huge success with um, with some very friendly competition between classes and between schools. So that um, I think has encouraged that engagement piece. Uh, and again, when it comes to technology, we want to, we know it's engaging for students, but we wanna make sure that it's purposeful and, and that it is aligned to standards, which I, I have to say, PENDA is absolutely um, aligned to our, our Florida standards. So, and that's really all I can speak to. So I think the next few slides are just some pictures um, and some testimonials. Um, this one here was from a teacher that basically um, is saying, I've seen growth in test scores, especially when we use Penda as a study tool to review concepts. So again, just, um, and then they emphasize that they love countywide competitions. I delivered 122 ice cream sandwiches yesterday to our five elementary schools for those classrooms that won the spring break PENDA challenge. So a lot of happy fifth graders with, um, you know, went home all sugared up thanks to uh, Flagler Schools and our amazing education foundation. Again, yeah, I'm tooting our horn here with our teacher testimonials because they, you know, they they definitely see the um, the benefits of of um, Penda, the kids love the avatars. They love earning points based on their mastery to be able to change up their avatars and that sort of thing. So it's it's super engaging for for the kiddos. 
And I just threw in some of my favorite pictures. Um, I, again, I like to get out into schools as, as often as possible to present um, the ice cream parties, or we do certificates with gift cards from some of our local um, dining uh, facilities and franchises, um, in addition to some STEM kits and that sort of thing that our Education Foundation provides. We really work very closely with our Education Foundation, and they support science instruction significantly in Flagler, and I have to thank them for all of this. So here's some great pictures, and this is all, this is elementary, middle, and high school students. Um, high school students got some gift cards to Starbucks because, you know, that's a little bit cooler than, say, a, you know, a STEM airplane or something. So again, we try to figure out what those kids um, like, and, and we use those as incentives. And uh, the challenges that I've been mentioning, um, we provide challenges for pretty much every holiday. So um, we did a Halloween Penda challenge. That was our first one of the year. Basically, I just created some activities that were pushed out to, to students. And then we um, it was a competition on um, student mastery as well as classroom mastery and then school mastery. And these are just some of the, the flyers that, that, that I made and that we tend to tweet out, we tend to put it on our social media accounts and that, you know, so parents as well as community members, uh, you know, really realize what what the students are doing and, and what's being put into to um, making science great. And again, you know, once a month or so, I will pull some district reports and I will give some shout outs to, to different schools, on how much time they spend on task, mastery, and that sort of thing. So again, always wanting to um, to put out those those accolades to to our amazing teachers and students in Flagler. And that's well, it. I want to thank both Ryan and Heidi. You made my portion of this panel and presentation super easy. So thank you for that. Um, just as a recap to the implementations uh, within those two districts and maybe even things that you've heard uh, or walk away from this webinar, uh, Ryan spoke about how the vacancies and the issues with trying to claw back some of that lost instructional time in science at the elementary level has been a success in their district. And um, kudos to you all and Clay for having risen respectively to be third and fifth in the state of Florida in terms of uh, your science mastery. So awesome job there. I also heard a common theme among both Heidi and Ryan uh, with respect to utilizing some of the resources that then provide more inclusive science instruction for all students, whether that be for your uh, level one and level two struggling readers, because of course, you know, the science state assessment, at least here in Florida, is a, more or less a reading, right? It's the, they need to be able to read and understand the science concepts and terms in order to do well on that. So being able to provide an immersive reader or language translator so that all students have and can leverage those tools to learn and love science, as you heard me say, which is one of our major missions at PENDA is to provide that science instruction and being inclusive. So. Um, and awesome, really, to see all the artifacts that you've collected over the course of the last year, Heidi, and how teachers have embraced it and the things that you're doing. Um, I wish I had these types of tools when I was both a science student and a science teacher to really 
amp up engagement. But to the to the um, to kind of bow to the overarching theme of this webinar, um, how do we leverage things like gamification, which is something that my generation didn't necessarily grow up with until uh, well past middle school or even high school. And how do we leverage automation to make life at the classroom level, the school level, and the district level uh, more efficient and effective? Um, I hear educators say all the time, which is absolutely true, student first. We have to make decisions that are really uh, best suited to prepare students to be you know, the next scientist, the next astronaut, the next doctor, uh, as well as all other content areas, mathematicians, writers, news broadcasters, that type of thing. So what I'd like to share with you, just from my perspective on the things that I've learned, not only um, with my partnership with various districts, but also in my experience in the education technology field, is some of the science behind gamification. Gamification in and of itself is very different from game-based learning. These are two different philosophies in a way. With gamification, in which we've uh, extracted this three-step process, this cycle from the gaming environment, it all has to deal with a task at hand. And when you do that task and how well you do it, then you're able to uh, enjoy some sort of reward, which is uh, typically presented through instant gratification. So you're not having to wait. There is no delay, rapid feedback cycle. You know how well you've done and different things may unlock or you receive them. And that keeps people feeling good and engaged. They want to do more, right? You get that pat on the back. Uh, in this case, you get that dopamine effect, uh, which is that feel-good brain chemistry. And you may think, oh, let me try again. Um, I'm not a big gamer myself, but you'll see gamification built into many different things like car navigation systems. If you're a Waze user on your, uh, on your cell phone or your smartphone, uh, a lot of adults will play different types of uh, games, whether it be words with friends or things like that. So there's various things that you can do that uh, not only is great stimuli for the brain, but also is very enjoyable uh, with some of these tasks. So again, what we've done is we've extracted some of these lessons learned from the gaming environment that is basically second nature for our digital students of today. Um, and we have utilized them in what we feel is a very uh, strategic manner in order to keep students engaged and excited. Not everybody wants to be a scientist. Not everybody loves science. But we have what we feel, again, is the right recipe to keep students engaged and excited and learning science and wanting to come back for more or do work longer, which is typically referred to as state of flow uh, when we talk about brain research. And so at PENDA, uh, specifically, because you did hear Ryan and Heidi speak about uh, one of the resources that they're using in their districts, which is PENDA, it's not the only resource or thing that they're doing, however. Um, what we have uh, kind of put forward with this recipe, if we were to use the gamification core loop, is assignments, driving students to complete activities that are standards-based and uh, being able to then provide them with instant feedback, again, that rapid feedback cycle, for which the student instantly knows right then and there, what did they get correct? What did they not get correct? 
they can go back and review their work and maybe be able to understand uh, a misconception or where they went wrong with their scientific reasoning. And of course, that dopamine effect takes, uh, takes place because they're receiving rewards, notification, gratification uh, for their participation and for their proficiency. So it's, I think it's a very important point that we recognize, just like you saw in many of Heidi's examples, they are recognizing student effort, but they're also recognizing student proficiency. And so I think that's a really important point that, that uh, she had pointed out. Um, and I did also make a paper note that I did not receive my ice cream sandwich yesterday, Heidi. So I'm going to need to follow up with you on that. Let's talk a little bit about gamification. Uh, when we say gamification or gamified, people may all walk away with their own perspective of what that means. And so gamification can include a number of items. Uh, I'm including those that we at Penda have uh, built into our platform to keep students engaged. And as you can see on the screen, that includes things like points, experience points, different levels, uh, leaderboards where students can participate if they want to be, you know, if they're all in eighth grade, they can see how far up the leaderboard they can be. Uh, I was a middle school science teacher. We always had competitions among the class periods that I taught and also the, the classroom teacher across the hall uh, or within my grade level. So we were always in competition and it was a really healthy way to get our students amped up and excited. And, and of course, a little trash talking was taking place between me and the, and the science teacher across the hall. Uh, but you get the idea. Streaks, digital badges, rewards, recognition, unlocking items, uh, being able to customize their avatar once they have reached certain thresholds. And one of the cool things that we've incorporated in the new design appendix is also to give students uh, some pretty cool, uh, no, some pretty cool names, if you will, or recognition. So when they've mastered so many standards, they're a science uh, influencer, a science guru, a science ninja, uh, all different types of play on things, uh, which I think students will certainly enjoy. So. I don't know if any of you have follow uh, a number of ed tech or education publications, but interestingly, as I was preparing for our webinar today, I saw this article that I thought that I would just summarize quickly here with the bulleted points. There's five of them all together about the benefits of gamification in online learning. Um, and this was in the Tech Advocate, uh, I believe it was last week. And so as you can see here, increased engagement, improved learning outcomes, improved learning skills. I have two others I'll share with you in just a moment for those that may just quickly be glancing reading. Uh, one of the things that I certainly am excited about and uh, that Ryan highlighted was that second bulleted item, improved in learning outcomes. So it is a way, and just like Heidi had said, in one of their schools, the only thing they did different the year uh, from the year prior to last year was the incorporation of Penda. So I love hearing that because that's our total mission at Penda is to help students learn science, hopefully love science, and then of course translate that on high stakes assessments. So I'll round this out, uh, the Ed Tech Advocate article with improved motivation and reduced stress levels. You know, one of the things uh, with Penda specifically is we have that developing, the achieving, and the exceeding activity, but we also have assessments. And how many of you uh, may have experienced this yourself, some anxiety around tests, test taking and test prep. 
And the interesting thing with Penda is that when students are taking those mini assessments over any of the standards or grade level assessment, or even um, an SSA or EOC, our high stakes assessment mocks here in Florida, it's not like they're taking an assessment because they enjoy that gamification aspect of it. They are testing their skills, trying to stretch their skill set and achieving as much uh, as they can on each and every one of those questions because ultimately they wanna earn the points. So students language is more about points and being able to unlock those gamification uh, elements, which teachers love because the points are directly tied to their score. So even if I don't do well on the first attempt as a student, I can go back and redo it again and again and again, which I love as a former middle school and high school science teacher, because that just speaks to students seeing it more, being able to shift that uh, information into short-term memory and hopefully into long-term memory. So let me just touch on the, the power of automation because that's one of the elements as well that we're focused on on this webinar. And you heard that kind of teased out from both Ryan and Heidi. Um, they said it in slightly different manners, but with Penda, we have this thing called the Pacing Assistance Service or PASS for short. Basically what that is, is a human being that receives a school district scope and sequence document. So in both instances with Ryan's district and Heidi's district, the science supervisor literally just forwarded us their curriculum for their district containing the standards, the scope, the sequence, and the pacing. And um, folks that have been certified teachers or educators like myself that work at Penda have then hand aligned activities to the scope, sequence, and pacing for that specific district. And that has really been uh, an important piece of our implementations. And as you've heard, keeping science instruction going, no matter the situation, whether it's long-term subs, vacancies, teachers that are out of field, never taught science before. Um, so one of the key elements, I believe, uh, is definitely with the resources that you may be looking or have adopted, certainly top of mind should be how well aligned they are to the state standards because of course that's what the state assessments are built around but also how well is it customized to meet your district needs um, and as you can see although relatively small on this you'll get the idea there's some start dates some due dates there are some standards and then there are a list of activities and ultimately what this provides is uh, for PENDA activities to automatically be assigned on a weekly basis. So even if there isn't a certified teacher, if somebody's out sick, that vacancy issue, uh, principals or uh, curriculum leads at each individual school can keep science instruction going and having somebody facilitate the usage of PENDA in those situations. Um, and so that's a, a nice component that uh, certainly during COVID was uh, a lifesaver and a game changer, if I may. But even after the fact, because uh, one of the things that as I as I started the webinar off stating is we have a lot of uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of educators that are leaving the, the education field and so what that looks like in the upcoming years is is a bit of concern and i saw some of you chiming in about you know yes we're hiring um and so we're able at least for the time being to keep science instruction and fill in that gaps so that students can have a quality uh high quality science instruction 
I just want to kind of pare down my time just by showing you a little sample. Um, I saw some questions coming in by way of the chat and asking, you know, what does it look like and more information about Penda, for which we're more than happy to share with you. But I thought this would be a good time for me to share uh, that video element. So just a little bit of the student experience, you see the leaderboard off to the right, the student can open the activity, they'll move through a series of screens in this case with Pendo, where we have outlined the objective achievement level descriptors and the disciplinary vocab. We then unpack the concept or the topic in bite sized chunks, activate prior knowledge, and then they move through a series of screens in which they are learning the concept or the topic in bite sized chunks. They are answering questions along the way so that we can immediately check for comprehension and see how well that they have done uh, in translating or transferring that knowledge. And ultimately, every activity then is automatically graded, provides the students the capabilities of receiving instant feedback. So in this case, I earned 82%. I can review my work if I wanted to, to see, you know, where did I go wrong? What question did I get incorrect? and uh, it certainly will let me know how many points I received and thus. And so that's where the gamification really kind of blends together is because depending upon how well the student does on the activity, i.e. the number of questions they answer correctly, the student is able to earn points. And as you heard me say earlier, I can always go back as a student to complete the activity a second time or a third time to go back and, and hopefully clean up and get as many points as possible because that's what the students are most concerned about. With various gamification platforms, you'll see that the points will run things like weekly and monthly challenges, like streaks, like leaderboards, where I have gold, silver, and bronze, like the Olympics, and I'm going to try to make my way up the leaderboard. Levels, streaks, avatar items, achievement challenges, badges, all these type of elements is really what our students in this day and age are used to. So why not take advantage of that and finding a way that that is going to uh, perhaps help drive instruction, whether it's in science or otherwise. And so that's really what we're focused on at Penda is the automation where we're able to really customize something down to a district, then auto assign those, auto grade those, provide students with instant feedback, and then of course the, lever the leveraging of the gamification aspects to keep students coming back for more learning science and doing their best. So you're seeing some final elements here with customizable avatars because we want every student to be able to see themselves. That's kind of their social recognition uh, to be able to experience that and uh, to have their own type of environment that they feel well-supported and inclusive. So uh, just a quick little preview into that. You also heard just a, um, a, a few slight uh, mentions about various reports. And so those standards-based reports certainly are beneficial to help drive instruction, right? So a lot of what we do in public education nowadays is around those standards-based reports and being able to uh, monitor, progress monitor science and proficiency along the way. So. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed this uh, webinar this afternoon. I'm gonna throw it back over to our moderator, Emily, who will wrap that up. And um, certainly I wanna thank everyone for their time and attention. And Ryan, 
Heidi, thank you very much for, again, making my job at least easier by setting the stage and sharing all the great things that your districts are doing, including the, uh, the implementation of Pendant. Thank you, Corey, and I echo um, your thanks to uh, Heidi and Ryan for joining us today and for sharing all the fantastic things that are happening in Flagler and Clay. It's always so exciting to um, see what other educators are doing and, and to learn from that. So thanks for sharing um, all of your expertise and experiences with us. Um, lots of takeaways um, as we wrap up the school year and look ahead to 23-24. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about PENDA or have questions about the different ways that it can be used, um, we're more than happy to talk and um, would love for you to reach out and uh, visit PENDALearning.com uh, to uh, explore the program. And again, um, you can set up a conversation with uh, one of our PENDA team uh, to answer any questions or give you a closer look at the program. All right, we're going to go ahead and take some questions now. We've got um, time. So Folks, feel free to send in any additional ones as they come up for you. Um, so first question, and um, Heidi and Ryan, this is actually for both of you. Um, folks are wondering um, if Flagler um, and Clay are one-to-one -one districts um, and whether you are or not, um, some of the ways that you might suggest incorporating uh, gamifications into science lessons if the school isn't one-to-one -one yet. So I'll start. We are one-to-one -one in the vast majority of our schools in grades three and up. Um, K-1 and two, not always. You know, it might be a two to three to one ratio um, for those grade levels. Um, for schools that are one-to-one, -one, obviously access to programs is much easier. Um, in schools that may not be one-to-one -one in those classrooms, uh, Oftentimes kids can sit together and work together through that, although it's just one student on the game at a time, on pen at a time, the other can sit and they share back and forth. Teachers are savvy about building schedules and building time in the day to allow kids to do that. Additionally, some students do access PENDA from home um, after hours, and we do use it in some of our after school programs um, as a part of just their regular learning and schedule when they have um, after school tutoring or enrichment time. And in Flagler, yeah, in Flagler, um, we are one-to-one, K-12. We actually have K through eight have iPads. Um, K through two, they have classroom sets. The, the students do not take those home, but three through eight, they get assigned and they take those home. They take them with them. Um, and then in nine through 12, we have MacBooks for our students that they get assigned um, at the beginning of the year. So we are super fortunate in Flagler to be an Apple district. Um, so it, it definitely gives us more opportunities to, to implement um, the gamification. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we have Penda in fifth through high school currently. Um, and, but we, we, use many other different programs, not to mention I, uh, everything we have in, is in our LMS, our learning management system, um, and that is K-12 um, across the board with Schoology. So um, students use, use their devices um, a lot. Yeah. Emily, did we get both parts of the question? I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both very much uh, for that. Um, and actually, this next question is really for both of you, too. So maybe, Ryan, you, you kick off again. Um, but have uh, teachers found any of the gamification elements to be distracting or do they does it really help the students focus and, and get excited about science? Um, 
I've never heard anyone say it was distracting. They, um, we do have some students in our district that aren't necessarily uh, gamers. They're not kids that are interested in video games. And so that isn't a challenge to get them to do their lessons that we would want them to do. But um, otherwise, I'd say no, it hasn't been a distraction. And it really is a motivation for um, uh, students to complete their lessons. Um, I talked to a little kid in the hallway a couple of weeks ago, and he was very excited about where his avatar was going and all of the pieces and parts he was getting to add. And, you know, Mrs. Whittison, come see Mrs. Whittison, come see. And so that was kind of neat. I get excited about the avatars and, and yeah. getting stuff for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Um, so that that's definitely something that motivates students. Um, when you hear of students that are going home and they're they're choosing to be on Penda and choosing to really, um, it's uh, more than just the points, um, because again, uh, a little bit more about Penda, you only earn points for the first three attempts. Um, so our teachers know that it's an 80% is mastery or 80% or better. That is the goal. So if it takes you four times, that's okay, but you'll earn, earn points for your first three attempts. Um, our one of our administrators came in one Monday morning saying, you know what, I used to have to get my daughter off of, you know, all of these other apps that, you know, weren't school related and she worked on Penda all weekend. So, you know, that in itself is, um, is testimony that, that it's, it's a good product. And again, it's, it's encouraging kids to learn science and that's what we want. Yeah, that's, that's the, no distraction there, I would say. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Corey, one for you. We've got a colleague in Texas um, asking if PENDA is aligned to TEAK. So maybe you want to talk a little bit just about standards alignment in general. Sure. Uh, we do have PENDA science activities, not only for the state of Florida, but you'll be happy to hear that we do have them for the Texas TEAKs, which is what they are called in Texas as well our team is rolling out with an NGSS product. So behind the scenes, we have secretly been developing activities from the ground up as well for NGSS, which is a very different animal by itself with performance expectations and the three-dimensional learning structures. Um, and I think that's really one of the biggest things, kind of just piggybacking on one of the questions that was just asked about gamification and if it's distracting. I know when I was a middle school science teacher, uh, if I heard fun or game, I was like, yeah, I don't have time for that. They don't test that on the state test. We have a lot to learn. And uh, like all teachers, there were always times throughout the year that I would be behind. And so um, what I can tell you with respect to gamification, at least for how we've designed it, is that content is forward, front and center. Um, first and foremost, and the gamification, there are elements there and enough elements to get students uh, to keep coming back for more. Uh, but to answer the question in short, yes, there are um, activities that we have developed for the Texas TEKS, including some mini assessments as well. Great. Um, Heidi, uh, for you, you had mentioned um, supporting English learners in their science learning, um, and this attendee wanted to just know a little bit more about that in terms of are the students uh, learning science in English or in their native language or a combination of both? Um, in Flagler, they will, their, their primary tier one instruction will be in English. 
Um, some of them have um, more support than others. It just depends. But but as far as the way that we um, use Penda with that is when they have their lessons, they can use the translator. So um, they are learning their tier one instruction is in English, but with with um, supports in in the classroom, as well as when they're um, on Penda, they can use the translator option for their for their um, activities and lessons in and in, Emily, if I, I can just, Emily, yeah. if I can just add to what Heidi was saying, there's a twofold benefit to that because they are learning their science content, but they're also learning English at the same time. And so it yeah. totally supports their English acquisition, which is oh so critical to just everything they do throughout the day. And it's that common denominator for our students that may be um, may not be as strong in their English skills yet. It allows them to interact in a social way with their peers, even though they don't speak the same language. And so that that can be a very magical thing to see happen between kids when they have yeah. this thing that they can both talk about or at least communicate about, even though they don't speak the same language. So it's a big booster for our um, non-English speakers that arrive. And um, it's something they can do right away. You know, they can, yeah. they can play the game right away, even though they may not be able to, they can do that right away. And so that's a, that first success at school will keep them coming back the next day. Well, that's yeah, and all that built-in affirmation, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the points and the avatars. And mm -hmm. like you said, being able to kind of collaborate and talk with their peers, that's just such mm -hmm. a confidence booster, which is so important. Yeah, you know, that one thing that you can do like everybody else does. I can do, I can do the same. I'm not, I'm not as different as I thought I was when I walked in the door. Literally with the click of a button, the student can translate any of the Penda activities mm -hmm. into over 50 different languages. And I just think back to when I, I'm close to McDill Air Force Base. And I just think back to when I was a science classroom teacher. Uh, there weren't many resources available in a plethora of languages. Um, and science is science no matter the language. So we know, especially with underrepresentation of various students uh, in native languages and otherwise ethnicities and STEM careers, it's really important that we uh, support them. And I'm just really uh, inspired by the examples that you shared, Ryan, with using the language translator tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. And I'm sad to say we've reached the end of our time together. This hour um, flew by uh, with such great stories and examples. Again, um, Heidi and Ryan, thank you so much for giving us a peek into your districts and what's happening there. I think um, folks can take a lot of good cues from what you're doing and um, put it into action in their own districts. Um, so thank you. And thank you, uh, Corey, for setting the stage and giving us some more background on gamification and automation and um, what's happening over at Penda to uh, really tap into those great things uh, for our students and teachers. I just want to say thanks for allowing us to participate on behalf of uh, the PENDA team. So thanks for the invite to be part of this. Yes, we appreciate it. Um, so, and we appreciate everyone who joined us today and for the great questions that you have. Again, if you have more questions, feel free to visit pendalearning.com um, and uh, you can explore there as well as um, reach out uh, to, to speak to a Penda representative. Again, we thank everybody for joining us today. We hope you enjoy um, the rest of your afternoon or your evening, wherever you are in the country. And um, we look forward to connecting with you again, either on another webinar or directly um, to talk about uh, your science goals and how we can support them. We hope you enjoyed this EdWeb podcast. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives.
please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information.